0: golden west radio now brings you the lawn and garden journal get your questions ready our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315 now here's your host carla Hersina from saint mary's nursery and garden center
1: Good morning, everyone. I don't know if I can play an April Fool's joke on you, but I think the weather is for sure. It's a little bit crisp. It's a little bit cold, but I have faith that spring is going to be here. It's warm in our greenhouses, I can tell you that for sure. It's the power of the sun that gets us up in the morning. It's the power of the sun that makes us smile. It gives us energy and it sets the tone. And the tone today is, yeah, I saw a goose. Have you seen any geese flying by, coming overhead? We've had a couple people that said, you know what, I think the geese are coming back. There are a few uh, sort of bouncing in the water over here by our river that's close to the nursery. And yes, I think it is a sign that they're coming back. So when the geese come north... Their faint honk, honk announces them. The geese, when they come flying north, above the far horizon's hem, from out the south they issue forth. They weave their figures in the sky. They write their name upon its dome. And over and over we hear them cry, their cry of gladness and of home. Now lakes shall lose their icy hold upon the banks and crocus bloom. The sun shall warm the river's cold and pierce the winter's armored gloom. Their vines upon the oaken tree shall shake, their wavy tresses forth. The grasses shall wake, the rill go free. For see, the geese are flying north. Welcome back, everyone. It is April 1st, yes, Are you going to be playing a couple April Fool's jokes on some people? It's the time to sort of make someone laugh. Make them give them a little bit of humor that's to it. And yes, uh, Ruby, our oldest granddaughter, she's always playing knock-knock jokes on me. So if she's listening this, this morning, there is one here that says, April Fool's Day is the favorite holiday of which animal? It's that silly goose. Because, yeah, I guess it's... April's Fool's, It's you're flying home and there's still snow on the ground. Well, what are you guys doing? I want to hear what you're doing and what you're up to. We've been talking about transplanting. We've been talking about seed, or mostly seeding and transplanting some of our tropical plants. I must say a lot of the, uh, it's been nice uh, because it is spring break week. It's nice to be able to see the grandkids and get together. But it's nice too that I see a lot of families bringing the kids into the garden center, not only to visit the fish and the cats. Okay, yeah, the cats are the the draw here for the kids. But it's nice to be able to see them introducing children, their grandchildren, to gardening. It's amazing when you bring even the adults coming in, seeing their faces and their expressions and going, yes, I can get my hands in the soil. I can smell those scents. But it's nice too when you see the kids come in And as they walk by, I listen, and you hear these little conversations. Wow, look at that. Wow, what's this? Ouch! Well, the ouch is definitely the cactus area for sure. But it's interesting and it's nice because I love educating kids and I love being able to show them what we do in a garden center because eventually we are going to be in our gardens. There's a lot of reports out there that people are already gardening a few gardeners way down south, have been putting in their daffodils and, and a lot of plants because their season has begun. I've even got a little bit and I'm waiting for some pictures. Um, we have someone that's in Virginia that says the cherry blossoms are blooming. So it's a little bit of a tease. Yes, we know that they're starting in different uh, positionings, different areas. And yes, Manitoba their endurance is there it will come and I must say with the sound of the geese coming high above I kind of wait and I kind of cringe because lo and behold at some point some of the geese will land on some of our our quonsets in the back and as we gently walk through them watering early in the morning there may be an occasional goose looking down at us from the plastic cover above giving us a little honk honk and I think what we're teasing him about or an April Fool's joke is he's walking on the top looking at the greenery that is protected from our greenhouses. So let's give us a call. The lines are open at 1-800-374-3315. I'd love to hear what you're doing. Have you started some seeding? I know a lot of us have been seeding a venture into our back seed house here where we have our production area there are a lot of seed trays that are on the ground and they're breaking in different stages. And it's always amazing that if you've been doing some of your seeding, if you think that all the seeds are going to emerge at once, there is a time frame that will allow germination between a certain time frame. So some seeds may be up seven days, some 14, or they give you that span of seven to 14 days. So some even though they're in the same packet, we will break at different times. And yes, some of our trays do the same. We hope that everything comes up at once. But even mixtures of colors, I find that if we do a mixture of petunias, of a blended color mix, always it's amazing that back in the day when I did some of the transplanting, I would always take the big ones and want to put them in the big cell packs first. But lo and behold, a good friend of mine, Miles, that used to be here, used to say, hey, hey, stop. If you put all the big ones in first, you're probably picking either all the whites or all the yellows because they may emerge first, whereas some of the other colors, which are a little bit smaller, may be your other colors. I never thought about that because different plants emerge at different times and maybe it's the color pattern of that plant that may cause it to bloom at different times. And you will see that there's a bloom set that may transition and change. Isn't that interesting? Can you have that concept of that? I think it is truly amazing. It's April Fool's. All right. We're into gardening. There's still snow on the ground. That is a bad joke. But slowly the snow is creeping away. I can see it. I watch it every day. A little bit more and more is going. And it's that crunchy under sound of that ice crackling that is so reminiscent when we were a child and we walk on it and we go, yes, that is the sound of crunchy snow, which means spring is on its way. We're going to go right to the line. We have uh, Virginia on the line. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Very good. And where are you calling from today, Virginia? Winnipeg. Well, you know what? It is a beautiful sunny day, and we're going to take it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will take the sunny days. I actually thought I got up quite early. That we're a little bit earlier this morning. And I thought, ooh, it might look like that. Those clouds might be coming in a little earlier. But I'm so happy for the sun today. Yeah, I just—it's just not melting. It's just
2: cold, and, yeah. and it's unusual. It's so cold. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? I always keep a kind of a diary of what we were doing last year, and already uh, we were already opening other greenhouses and putting crops in those houses, but now um, I I just told my husband I can eat extra cheesecake this week because of (laughs) moving the stuff around. (laughs) We're... packing and racking. So it's kind of, yeah, in our industry, based on the weather, we know what we can eat that week because we're working harder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I, I'm not looking forward to yard cleaning, but I am looking forward to planting.
1: Oh, I think we all are. We all are.
2: So my problem is amaryllis. You gave detailed instructions on it once, and unfortunately I missed it. Now, I have an amaryllis my sister gave me. It's always been planted, and it always bloomed for her. Now, her plants don't like me. I have several of them for the winter, and they're just sitting there like nothing. They're not doing nothing. So how can I get this amaryllis to bloom? You said you're supposed to take it out of the soil. and Can I take that, um, you know, like the peels around it? Can I remove those?
1: Oh, is it a wax-dipped one? No. Okay, cuz sometimes the peel is like there's the new trendy thing that's been happening with some of the amaryllis where they've actually
2: Yeah. Uh, no, it's not that. She's had it for several years. Okay. It's just it's grow it's growing in the same pot. Like I mean, I, I did repot it, but it, it's the, those peels are still coming off. Like can I remove those?
1: The is it the uh, it's the leaf? It's uh, the peels? No, it, it's around the bulb. Sorry. Okay. um, That's usually a casement because sometimes we see that with onions and with other areas, right? right? Yeah. yeah. I would leave that on because it gives it that oh. sort of protective skin that's on there a little bit. If it gets too thick, you know, yeah. you can remove a couple. But... Okay, because they are getting thick. Okay, so you can remove a few. Now, is it still uh, growing in the green leaf stage where you've got... Greenery on it, and you're trying oh, yes. to reset the bloom. Okay. Yeah, it
2: it's still uh, it still has leaves on, and it always grows leaves. Now you were saying, I think a, a week or two ago, that one should dry it off, take it out of the pot, and dry it, and replant it next fall. But she's always just kept it in the same pot, and it's always bloomed for her. But it doesn't like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. sometimes some plants. Think of it as a tulip bulb. Some, you know how the tulips, eventually the foliage dies back and all the energy goes back into the bulb, right? right? <clears throat> so we need to kickstart this bulb again and we need to have it go through a natural uh, cycle of its area where the flower will fade, the stalks will kind of die back on the foliage and try not to damage any of the flower steps or the stems but try and allow the plant to go back into a dormant state a little bit Okay, yeah.
2: And I stopped watering it when you said we should let it dry. And it hasn't bloomed for me in two years. So, yeah. But it well, bloomed for her.
1: <laughs> okay, we're going to kickstart this to see if we can get it to go back into a dormant state, into a bulb form. Okay. And you're going to remove it. And you're going to put it into a dark spot for a rest period. And okay. you can probably start doing that. Like, um, Like if some people will keep them in... Growing state till probably about July. Sometimes it's around. I think it's around July that you can keep them in their greenery state. And then, okay. if if you wanted to boost it, like you want to store it away now, you can actually start those leaves to start dying back, and then okay. you would put that bulb in a cold storage area.
2: Okay. So when should
1: I stop watering it? Well, if you stop, like. Some people like this because the, the foliage is really pretty and unique. It's very strapped right, it very is. architectural. Yeah. So if you wanted to, you could allow it to keep going a little bit longer. Okay. You know. Should
2: I fertilize it now too? To None. Give it,
1: if you wanted to give it anything, I would probably. Boost. Do you have any bulb booster? Yeah. Uh, okay. If you have any bulb booster, put a little bit of bulb booster in there because we want to up, amp up the bulb, not the bloom, right? Because well, if it's right. not bloomed. And then mm-hmm. what you can do is start slowly, once you've fertilized it with the bulb booster for a little bit, then slowly cut back on your uh, watering regime because okay. you want it to start going into that dormancy habit in the next couple months, okay?
2: Okay, so slowly start cutting down
1: now. Yeah, okay. but I would give, I would still give it a little bit of a bulb booster to so that maybe some well, of that it, nutrient goes into the bulb for when it's into that winter storage. Now, right. here's the other thing. You can either store the bulb, clean it, and put it dry by itself, the bulb, in a bag in a okay. very cool, dark location, or you can leave the, uh, the bulb in the soil, but again, oh. dry and cool in a very dark location. Okay. okay? Well, maybe I'll just leave it in the pot, because I just gave it new soil last fall. Yep, yep, fine. So and. They like, if the size of the pot that you put it into, they like to have, um, they like to be snug in a pot. They don't like to have a huge pot. So oh, maybe it's just too big. The amaryllis, normally the, like some of the amaryllis bulbs could be about three or four inches round, right? Okay. Then we would put it in a five or six inch pot, just slightly bigger than what the size of the bulb is. Okay.
2: Okay. okay. Now I only have the tip, the bottom part in the, in the soil. Uh, like most of it's out of the soil. Did I put not enough underground?
1: Well, no. But, um, if you're if you're just slightly at halfway mark or just a little bit under halfway mark, you're fine. Okay. Because, good. Yeah, because it's it's so cool because these plants. Because of the trend of putting the wax coating around it, they really don't need a lot of soil, right? Right. I know that it will grow without the soil because that new trend is out there that they yeah. do that uh, wax dip with colors and oh, oh my yeah. gosh, you should have seen um, it! It was like, like oh my, they put glitter on them this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, this <she's> is <laughs> an like, old one. She's had this bulb for actually ten years already. Oh well, okay. So I suspect it needs. I would say give it that bulb booster nutrient okay. because when some bulbs get very old, they do yeah. need to be replenished. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Now, uh, what do I do after this rest, and how long do I rest it in the
1: dark place? You can keep it resting till September if you want to, because oh, okay. um, if you start doing it so it transitions to, let's say, you enjoy the foliage till you know June, July, then you're oh. resting, and For then a of you're gonna. Yeah, you're going to bring it back out, and hopefully, hopefully, Virginia, you have a blossom for holiday next year.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Now, does it like sun, or is it filtered sun?
1: Uh, bright light, indirect bright light.
2: Oh, indirect, okay. Uh, uh,
1: indirect bright light, because sometimes right. if you, uh, sometimes some bulbs, I find that if they're uh, interior bulbs, personally, if you put them in the sun, they kind of stretch because they get that gained heat from the window seal.
2: Yeah, okay. Right?
1: So diffuse bright, like bright light, but out of the sun, okay?
2: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, then I, I I guess where it is, it's okay, but maybe I'll move it a little bit. So that takes care of that problem. Thank you so much. Now I have another one. I can For get sure. the heat going, Sorry, but which when one? it's time to harden them out, to put them outside, they die. And I try everything you're supposed to. What am I doing wrong? I can't get them hard enough to get them outside. They they always die.
1: Okay, which type of seeds are you seeding that you're hardening off?
2: Everything, like tomatoes and and uh, peppers and whatever one starts in in the spring. Flowers, even the odd flower will survive, but most of them they all die. So I give up and just go to the greenhouse. <laughs>
1: Okay, when we transit now are you you're obviously going from a seedling to a and then you transplant to a slightly larger pot, correct? Uh,
2: sometimes and, and, no, sometimes I still leave them in the small one.
1: Okay, it, what size of pot do you usually put them outside in?
2: Um, sometimes I'll just put them in, in the peak pots when okay. they get big enough, but like I said they they've been dying before they I really get them out there.
1: Okay, so when we transition plants, and I ask you what size cell because um we sow plants direct to the size of the pot we want them to grow to, and then oh, sometimes really? yeah oh. so, sometimes we do this if we have the space uh-huh and uh commercially here on our side, uh we start germinating some of our seeds in a cell that was maybe half an inch by half an inch deep that's right it. that's right? what I'm doing, okay. So before you hit the stage and before you take it from that seedling point and then direct outside, I would probably recommend putting it in a slightly larger cell before you transition outside. Okay. Okay? So do a little bit of a transplant into, like if you're growing in, um, you know how sometimes you can buy the trays at the garden center that have 300 seed trays and seeds in them? Right. Well, you want to bump it up slightly and... Do it casually and make sure you have the room for it because I know what it's like to (laughs) transplant from one size to another. You need some space to do it. Okay. When you take plants from greenhouse grown, start dropping your temperature of your plants indoors, like as a cooling stage first. Oh, okay. Okay. We take our seedlings from a nice growing room that's very, very warm. And when we transition to going to the next greenhouse. We bump it to a next bike, but they go through a temperature drop. Not a drastic one, but a slow temperature drop. And the beneficial part of this is A, you're going to prevent stretching of your plants, which your nodes are going to be tighter, which means your leaf sets between your stemming between your leaf sets is going to be shorter. Right. Makes the plant stronger. And then the cooling portion. You can also put a fan on it to make it more durable and strengthening of that stem work as well. Okay. 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 But when you go to put it outdoors, make sure when you're transitioning outdoors, you're not going direct to sunlight. You're going right. to go Right. They're into... always in the shade, but they still die. So I think that's that's the key
2: of cooling them off, getting that fan on them to get them hardened out to the outside. And and before they go out in in the shade, yeah, that that's going to make a huge difference.
1: And when you're going to the shade, just remember, in spring, May long weekend, sometimes the shade is still cold. So yes. diffused, like maybe it's too cold. bright. Yeah, yeah, diffused bright light, but make sure. I always say this, and I I. People kind of look at me and kind of give me a little smile like that stuff because the number one thing, we get so energized in the spring that we want to buy plants early and someone will say to me, well, I'll put them in the garage. I have a small window. Mm. Well, I say, okay, if you're going to put them in the garage, I want you to stand barefoot in your garage for an hour And let me know how cold your feet get because (laughs) Mm -hmm. unless you have a heated garage, the garages are cold, especially if they face north, and it's usually the cooler spot that it warms up last, right? The garage is the last thing that's going to warm up because it's nice and cool in there. And it's that temperature change. So, A, at night, the concrete's cold and it makes the whole place cold, unless you have heat mats that can help to make that a little bit more temperate. Mm -hmm. But the same thing... Going outside, you got to make sure that when you're placing it in the shade, it's in a shade spot that it's probably off the ground because if it's in a shade spot all the time, the ground is still going to be cold.
2: Right. So okay. should I be bringing them inside overnight?
1: Oh, yes. If you're bringing them inside overnight because if, if it dips too cold in the shade in our spring, that yeah. could be a little bit too cold okay
2: okay I think I found out what I'm doing wrong so I shall try all your tips I really appreciate it very much and I love your poems
1: oh well thank you (laughs) thank you for listening to
2: and I wish you a happy Easter too
1: well thank you very much Virginia same to you and your family bye-bye bye-bye so these are little tips that we like to have and sometimes there's other things that may be playing in that factor that may be there. Um, you know, we want to make sure that it, they're in a warm spot. We want to make sure they're sheltered okay. But like I said, if I stand and I'm going to put them on the north side of the garage, which I think is shaded, but we're still maybe 12 degrees in the sun on the sunny side, I'll sneak my feet out, stand on the maybe the sidewalk. If that sidewalk's cold, that's a little bit of a, oh, maybe a little bit too cold. So I hope that helps with your... uh Inquiries there, Virginia. I have faith in you and you are gonna try a little bit on your seating again and see if it works. Okay? All right, we're gonna go right to lines. Carrie is waiting. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Hi, good, good morning.
0: Good morning. This is Carrie from Virginia. Well, hi. How are you? I'm <laughs> wonderful and I'm this is my little April Fools and I'm calling to tell you that um I was listening and and it's so funny that you talk about the Canada geese and here in virginia the canada geese they're here in the winter and we actually have seen them starting to fly and so they're coming back they will they will be uh, in your neighborhood shortly but i do have something that i wanted to talk about because um we as you know i've been planting bulbs in in mass tons of them tons of them so i um, i've been using this tool which I think is fabulous, because uh, I have so many bulbs to plant, and I'm redesigning. But the little tool is, it looks like a cookie cutter, and um, so we were planting 200 periwinkle, and probably two dozen um, bulbs, dahlias, uh, peonies, and so this little cookie cutter tool has been saving us uh, a lot of uh, you know, peeing and and being digging in the garden because it's it's able to pull out the dirt really quickly and then pop in the bulbs. But
1: so can I like, ask you? Like you have a bulb that we call that the bulb. It's a bulb planter. It looks like a little cylinder cookie cutter. Now, in up where we are here, we're very clay based. So it, some soils have to be really really worked well to be able to do that. So if it's a heavier soil, you can't. So your soil content is very light in, no, down in Virginia, or is it a heavier?
0: It's, it's heavier, clay? and it's clay. And the little tool, I mean, knowing that we had a lot of bulbs to plant, it's I, we couldn't do it with a trowel. Like, we started with a trowel, but then after a while we just said, this is way too hard. And then this little, it really is, it's like cutting cookies. Um, so you just look and... Uh, you can tell how deep, um, you know, I just read the, the package and it said four inches, six inches. So you just push it deeper in and usually the soil's coming out just like one solid piece where it's just like a whole piece comes out. You drop the bulb in and I was just breaking up the dirt a little bit over top of it. But I did hear this conversation before about, um, you know, I, I didn't use a bulb booster or anything. I didn't really do much, but I'm, I'm just hoping now it all survives. But my my real question is about, I'm in this stage of I'm trying to design all this and plant all these bulbs, and I feel silly because I can't remember what's still going to come up. So I was trying to, I was trying to think about, well, how do I design this, and some of it is just it's going to be hit and miss and i'm trying to create a nice looking kind of design where it's a little bit english gardeny different bulbs coming up at different time but planting them was sort of hit and miss with i have got gladiolas dahlia peonies and then um, all in one area and i'm trying to think of well you know how do I put them in the ground, and how do I, how do I know each year from one year to next in the fall should I have marked it? Because now I feel like I'm, I'm really struggling with what. Okay. What else do I need to put in when I don't know what's going to grow?
1: I would probably if you have if you know the size of the garden, and this is where um, years ago I would uh, I used to teach a little. 101 landscaping, 101 class for people. And if you know the size of your garden, if you can actually, um, if you get a, like, um, a measuring tape, measure off your garden, and if you have grid paper, this is the perfect thing, and I love doing this, and it's kind of that uh, project that you can do, and it depends on the scope or size of your yard. If you can map out what you have and where you have it, and you want to do it so that everything shows... But here's the secret. Get a grid paper and put the foundation of your trees and your shrubs first on that grid sheet so you know that your trees and your uh, shrubs are never going to change. But what you can do is highlight on them what colors they're going to be at what time frame by if you get uh, vellum or tracing paper. Yeah. And what I like to do is I like to do three layers of tracing paper that I can see through onto my grid sheet, and it takes a little bit of work because, A, if I have my foundation of where my deck is, my yard is, where my trees and shrubs are, the first layer that I lay down is spring, and I then bubble in where my spring stuff is, and actually I color what those colors are. It's kind of a little project and it looks really cute in a garden journal. And you could subsequently do it for summer and fall. And if you remove the fall layer, you can see the transition of where your spring and summer colors are going to be. And then when spring's done, you remove the vellum of the spring and now you have summer and fall. So at least then you see what's blooming. Now, just remember, when you're putting your bulbs in... Like if you're doing daffodils and tulips, you're also probably going to be wanting to put some color in that area because when they're finished, that's when you're going to go, hey, I lost my color. So, you know, the same with the glads. When the glads are done, and that's why I'm glad that you mentioned those other things like the peonies because they will bloom at different times. So you may want to put pockets in there, look at your next favorite ones of which maybe some perennials that will bloom at a la- little bit later because most of those ones that you have will be a little bit more spring when your spring hits. Um, I would maybe suggest putting some ornamental alliums. It would be a bulb that would bloom later in the season for you into the summer,
0: and they're beautiful. That is such a great idea because I do have a lot of spring color. I mean, I do have some things, but then it all fades quickly. And then I, that's where I'm I'm panicking to say, I need more color now. So yeah, I love that idea. I love the idea of doing those layers, because that's exactly where I'm at right now. It's, okay, I want to put more and more and more, but I feel like, but where? Yeah. So.
1: And, and watch how heavy, because I know spring is beautiful, it's gorgeous, and it goes through, but the spring bulb, and it depends on the spring bulb. If you want to transition more, if you're looking to... Uh, people will be coming out, and this is where your spring color will be in, like if you're planting for spring color, you put those bulbs in in the fall. And depending on when your spring spring season hits, a lot of bulbs will have on them that they bloom early, mid, or late. And sometimes a spring bulb that blooms late is going to bloom end of May, early June. Whereas if you get an early daffodil sometimes and up in canada where we are i kind of say okay let's not order as many spring like early spring daffodils because they're coming up in the snow and if we get that heavy snow then our flowers are gone <laughs> so i like mid to late season items. so if you really want to mix because i know your season's much longer if you have uh, resources where you can get early blooming and late blooming spring, because late blooming spring can actually be the beginning of summer, so that could give you an extension of daffodils. So put a mix of early and then also a mix of late, so that you have a longer blooming period of your daffodils.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> I have faith All in right. you. Uh, and I'm back to my coffee, and I love your show, and I. I just I just enjoy it. I have my coffee, and then I go out in the garden after the show.
1: Well, thank you for listening.
0: All right. Okay, Bye-bye. all right.
1: Bye-bye. Now, I am just motivated here because talking about seeing the daffodils and some of the spring bulbs that are coming up, yes, we will see it. And if you want a little bit of a taste of a spring, it is the week before Easter, Head out to your favorite garden center, go and see some of the plants because if it's too cold outside, I always say the next best place is a garden center where you can feel the warmth, you can smell the soil, you can smell some flowers too, and yep, you can get a little bit of soil under those nails. I know I'm looking at mine, I got plenty (laughs) happening there. So... This brings us to transplanting. I know that's part of it. And I, there, when we start talking about gardening, there's so much to talk about. And I know we talked about seeding, but I did want to touch on transplanting because there are certain stages that we see our seedlings at. And we've been seeding for a few weeks here. And I know that you guys are uh, probably got your tomatoes done uh, last week or the week before. Transplanting is going to help you with the success of your growth when you get them outside, okay? So when you're sowing and you're seeding, you want to make sure that you're watering optimally. Optimally doesn't mean overly, optimally. You want to make sure that when your uh, seedlings are growing that you allow them now, once they start producing uh, their first root And their secondary and their third roots, and they start to see that root development. Don't be too anxious to go, let's put it in a bigger pot. No, 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 slow down. Because even if it's in that, you know, half inch by half inch cell, you would probably be shocked by how long I sometimes keep some of our crops in those cells. They, the, the rooting systems of that in a smaller pot go around and up and through and sometimes they grow through the bottoms of the hole but what we're doing is we're keeping the lights low on them so that we're watering them allowing that seed plug now to go slightly dry or a little bit even drier if it's got a lot of rooting systems because it's helping to sustain it it's helping to make that plant stronger and now when you want to keep that light low on it because again The increased light that's on it is going to help to shrink the the length of the node or the stemming between the leaf layers. You want them nice and tight. You want them low that's on there. Now, if you're saying that you're going to put them in the window, just remember that sun from the window is hot. So you could increase the stretching. So pull it back from the window a little bit. Release if you have that dome uh, greenhouse effect that's on there. Maybe it's time to remove it because keeping it that hot in the sun with the dome on it will actually cause stretching on that effect too as well. So introduce your seed slowly. Add some air movement to it. If you're giving some air movement to your seedlings at a young stage, you're A, allowing the soil to dry out a little quicker, and you want it to dry out because if it's kept too wet too long, there's more chance of it dampening off and root rot or stem rot. So a fan is wonderful. Allow that movement to go through it. Sometimes if you're visiting here and you see me walking by the seedlings of the snapdragons or the marigolds, I rub my hand across the top of it. And I'm not just doing it just because I like the feel of the plants. I'm giving in a little bit of a, a toss action that's on there that says, hey, let's straighten those stems. Let's make them a little bit stronger. Okay. And sometimes, um, when you're watering water, so that's all the way through. And remember when you're watering your plants, make sure they're not sitting in standing water for a long period of time. That is another detriment that's to it. And if you have to transplant, the number one thing, don't go too big. If it's in that little If you've started off with the peat pucks or if you started off in cells that are two inches by two inches, you have a long period of time that they can stay in there. You could actually probably go direct to garden if you're at that stage. But if you've started off the little tiny tiny ones, just go slightly bigger on the transplant. Okay? All right. I hope I gave you some tips that's on there. And of course, uh, another quick tip that Sue from Glenley Greenhouses used to always teach me, we've been gardening together for probably 28 years and giving ourselves tips, is especially on tomatoes, don't water them at the end of the day because sometimes watering your plants at the end of days with the cooler temperatures in the nighttime, it causes a little bit of a stretch. All right? Thank you for listening, and we'll be back in the lawn garden next week. And with that, why did the gardener plant a seed in the pond? to grow a watermelon. And with that joke, happy? Yep, it is April Fool's Day. We'll be back on the Lawn Garden Journal next week. Bye-bye, everyone.